When the smell intrudes, just before its force wakes her, the horse looks disappointingly at its suddenly decaying flanks and molting wings, then at her and says, I notice you are killing me. A day out of Mombasa and the Union Castle steamer City of Edinburgh has already called at Port Said, Suez, Port Sudan and Aden. But Africa only begins for her after Mombasa, when, still twenty miles from the island of Zanzibar, her dream catches a moment's exotic whiff of cloves and spices, and in a second creates this beautiful animal around the fragrance. Then, over and above the smell of cloves, the overwhelming stink of dead sharks. The smell comes on the breeze from the great open vats of sharks, salting and drying twenty miles away at Zanzibar. But when, awake now, she peers out of the porthole, the dawn ocean is smeared with the dried blood-coloured sails of Arab dhows carrying more sharks down to Zanzibar. To Angelica, the smell heralds Africa. Later, she will believe that the first overlaying whiff never actually left her senses. For a time, whenever she drifts into the first stages of sleep, she also has a recurring feeling of loss and guilt, the beautiful but rotting winged horse. She mentions the dream as they climb into her lower bunk. Even travelling together as an ostensibly married couple allows for only a cramped saloon cabin with two single tiered bunks. From Marseille to Naples they had slept entwined in her bunk, both at night and during their daily siesta. But by Port Said, as it became warmer, they had begun to sleep touching only at the hip or shoulder, straining politely apart towards the cooler edge of air or bulkhead. By sewers, separating after lovemaking with sweet, sweating apologies, they would claim their individual beds. Try to dream the horse well again, Will suggests. He's hardly awake, but awake where it's necessary. At the ship's bar of an evening, he has made the acquaintance of Pink Gin, and appreciates not being able to think yet, operating by instinct, pushing in with the dozy lubrication of sleep and their surface moisture, rolling with the creaking ship. Maybe you can cure him. The shark smell is lodged in her sinuses. I can never make dreams do what I want. I can. I am actually asleep now. We are melting. Even at 5am, their bodies are squelching, as if they had dropsy. Rolling with the ship, dreamily licking the salty stream of the neck and breasts and bitter armpits as they move. She hadn't looked at all surprised. You must take it, she'd said of O'Connor's offer. There is nowhere on earth further away, he'd said unnecessarily. He was pleased and embarrassed at her genuine enthusiasm and, uncomfortably, missing her already. Of course, the distance was part of the attraction. Halfway round the world, he'd already made up his mind to go. But you, he said, I'm coming with you, as if it had never been in question. He was relieved and touched, and in this grateful mood, thought the moment right to give her the gypsy ring plattered from river rushes.
he dropped it silently in her palm. From carrying it in his pocket these past weeks, it was a little frayed and flattened. What is this? Village lovers use these rings instead of the wedding ring. He shrugged. It's just a country gesture. Then he looked at her. Why do you want to come? She was looking curiously at her finger. She thought of her card with her gift parrot, its shorthand inscription unnoticed. For change's sake, to get away from Charlie's aunt, she smiled. Maybe to be with you? He thought of the river rushes where they had first made love. Didn't she see the connection? Good, he said. That's wonderful.